Live for Jesus. That's what matters. That you see the light in me and you come along. That's what happens actually. This is when people see the light in us. They want to have what we have, right? And they want to follow Jesus. I hope that everyone who sees us, who will see us and meets with us, will see the light in us. Everyone likes a success story. And this one is a beautiful story. Verse 19, chapter 11 of the book of Acts, verse 19 through 26. So, uh, then those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to the Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. And the news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he had come and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, and it came about that for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Isn't that a good story? Persecution of the saints and dispersion from Jerusalem did not stop the early believers from their work. They continued going from one city to another, proclaiming the new way and preaching the good news wherever they landed. On to Phoenicia, the new way was preached. Then as far as Cyrene in Libya via Cyprus, nothing could stop them. They went for the Lord. What was intended to hurt and hinder the word of God from spreading worked for its own good because God was with them. Someone once said in regards to this, the enemy is designed to scatter and lose them. Christ designed to scatter and use them. And the hand of the Lord was wisdom. Verse 21 says, and the hand of the Lord was with them. <clears throat> Some believers started there. A few. And then they grew up. And then they became a large number, as we read this morning. And to look from an inside view of the church, those who are working within, those who came from Cyprus and Cyrene and started preaching, not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, actually to each and everyone who would come there, okay, 
a view from inside the church. Let's look at it first, this view. And they saw one thing, that those who believed turned to the Lord. Turned to the Lord. There is no Christian work, dear friends, that has started and flourished without the hand of the Lord to sustain it successfully. And how do we measure that? The answer, and a large number believed and turned to the Lord. Yes, put that, and underline that, and they turned to the Lord. They were inspired. They were influenced. What happened there? One uh, might ask, where did they meet? Who was their pastor? What kind of denomination? And many questions. We, the Bible does not mention any of those at all. None of that is mentioned. And we may assume that they met maybe in the open air. We don't know. In a home, we don't know. In a little shop, we don't know. And some, in some place, it wasn't mentioned. No one cared though about that as long as God was saving souls and His redeeming grace is giving them the peace that passes all understanding. These new converts have chosen their course. These new converts has, have chosen their course. What was it based on? You may ask, Edel, what, what made them? What made the change in them? Let me say this. The change was when they heard the word of God, they turned toward him. What is the meaning of they turned to the Lord? New Christians who are in attendance today, when you turn to the Lord, it means you have turned your back to the world and you have facing Jesus day and night. They have, no, they have found no satisfaction in this world. They were looking, they were searching, and they found, they found a treasure that they will not let go. When people hear the word of God, some, uh, I have met so many in my life, so many people coming to church, asking questions, and looking there. These people, do you think they ask these questions? So many times we hear, do you have a good Sunday school? Yeah? Did you hear that? Oh? Okay. Uh, they, they look at the pastor. Uh, do you have a good Christmas program? Uh, uh, is the church close to home? Uh, uh, show me the schedules of meeting. Oh, what do you believe in? So many people come and knock on the door. What do you believe in? We give them what we believe in. We never see them back. Okay. These people never ask these questions. You know why? Because they found Jesus. And he relieved them and gave them the peace, as I said, that passes all understanding. Do you have a singles group? I have so many, so many phone calls. Do you have a singles group? Yes, we do have a singles group. Okay, where do they meet? In the basement? No, they don't meet in the basement. <laughs> Twenty years ago when we opened the church... A couple came to us. He says, uh, we'd like to come to your church. We were still moving from one place to another. 
Okay, do you have a baseball team? I said, I said, a baseball team. We play baseball tw- three times a year. It didn't work. They went and joined a place where they have baseball. They never asked that. The church in Antioch that was known, the believers in Antioch, and then that became church, never asked these questions. You know why? They were satisfied with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you satisfied this morning? Did you find what you're looking for? Huh? Is your heart satisfied? Another question comes in. Do you have good babysitting? You know, we have all these things. We have good Sunday school. We have good church. We have soft seats you can sit on, you, you know, and enjoy them. We have air conditioning. We have everything of those. But this is not what makes the church. What makes the church is the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. They turn to the Lord. You know, when I was studying this portion, they turned to the Lord. They did not turn to something else. They were not attracted by anything else. You know, we come to church because it's close by. You know, the ones who tell you that we come to church because it's close by, they will soon quit and never come to church. I've seen them. I've known them. I've experienced that. We like the church because it's non-denominational. This is not why you come to church. We come to church to meet with the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to church to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We come to church to have a good relationship with the family of God. Before looking at anything else, these people turned toward to God. Turned to the Lord. Oh yes, these new converts have chosen their course. Uh, Ah, yes. You know what they did? With great courage, they said yes to the Lord and no to the world. And I hope, I hope the new converts that we have, that have taken this stand for Jesus Christ, and they're going to be baptized very soon, that their no to the Lord will be a final no forever and ever. To the world, final no forever and ever. And yes to the Lord forever. Yesterday you heard some teachings. And one of them, the eternal, the eternal salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will be in his hands and no one will be able to pluck you out of his hands. He will be with you. He will protect you. He will shield you until the day he comes. Suddenly, they found themselves, these Christians, belonging to the list of faithful men and women who accepted the Lord before them. They looked at Daniel of the Old Testament, who made up his mind long, long time ago. And the Bible says he made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the choice food or the wine of this world. Made up his mind. He turned to God. They suddenly joined Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who knows the story? The Sunday school people. We have a good Sunday school, by the way. And they're learning about that. And they joined these three young men who refused to worship the golden image, defying the king and his governors. They joined Ruth of all old, who left her homeland and all that is in it to follow the God of Israel. They became like Peter after Pentecost, who proclaimed in Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else. 
For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus Christ. The church at Antioch. And they, they said what? They said they turned to the Lord. I hope this morning, if there is someone here, anyone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ yet as their Savior, turn to the Lord. Guess what? And He will give you the desire of your heart. Try Him. During the past week, some of our new converts, and they stood at this stage here and told us how they turned to the Lord. As a result, their lives have been changed. Their sins forgiven. And how also they shared, some of them, they were inspired by the testimony of other Christians and by their lives too. Whenever I hear a testimony like this, you know what happens to me? I rejoice. I'm rejoicing with you, the 14 people, and with you all, because I know you are happy to see people leaving the world and coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I admire the wonderful examples that you set for the new ones. We have a challenge. We've got to be the examples that they're looking for. There's no way but to notice the change because, you know what? You become a different person. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a different person. When you're changed, everything is changed in you. And the Lord starts working in you. Christians, I have three questions here. When people are around you, what do they see? You answer to that. You don't have to answer me. What do they hear? And then, in which way they are influenced? Would they, when they are around you, say, I want what you, want, what you have? Or, no, thank you. I've seen it. It's a fake. When people come to our church, what do they see? Do they see our love? Our dedication to the Lord? Do they see our godly influence? You answer these questions. I hope they do see the Lord Jesus Christ. A story that drew my attention. The man was not a preacher. He could not sing or speak in public. He worked in a factory with men who swore and cursed. There he lived. And worked a quiet Christian life. And spoke for Jesus when there was an opportunity. One day as he ate his lunch, one of the men asked him, May I sit by you, Bob? There is a question I have wanted to ask you for some time, but I was ashamed to do it. I want to know what makes you different from the rest of us. You never get angry. Hmm... Any comments on this? <laughs> you never get angry. No matter what we rough, we rough fellows do or say to you, you keep your calm. What do you have that we don't have? Listen to this. Bob replied in his normal fashion, I am no better than others, but Christ is in my heart. Simple, isn't it? He enables me 
to live differently from others and to him be the glory. The man could not take it anymore. He started crying and left him. Whether he got saved or not, I don't know. You become different. Ask ask yourself this question. When people are in our presence, what do they see? They notice their changed life. They notice. These men, they say, we noticed. And you know what? They turned from idols. They turned to the Lord. And I would hope that each one of us would appreciate that day when you turn to the Lord and what the Lord is doing in your life. And I ask today, if there's someone here amongst us who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, I ask you, I humbly ask you, Turn to the Lord and try him and see what a great and graceful God we have. Never mind what they heard about persecution. These men and women heard about persecution, heard about what happened to Stephen, heard about what happened to many other Christians, and they knew there were great persecution, and Antioch was the third greatest city under the Roman Empire. And they heard everything about that, but never mind. They have determined to follow Jesus. As someone said, Christianity begins with the word follow and ends with the word go. If you follow Jesus, he'll send you. They took the risk with fixed hearts never to turn back. Society might reject them. They took that risk. They might reject us. Their families might disown them. And their friends might abandon them. They shouted with joy with the Apostle Paul, For me to live is Christ. And what? And to die is gain. They never cared. This is salvation, my friends, and nothing else to add. And the Lord continued, He says, the Bible says, to add to the church those who got saved. May God give us this zeal, this burden, this goal in this church that we are here to save souls from the clutches of the devil. The following little story shows how far Christianity have veered from this. An elderly lady was being conducted through a great cathedral in Europe and I have been to one of them. Two, the guide spoke of its beauty of design, calling special attention to its statues and wonderful paintings. The old lady was unimpressed at all. At the conclusion to the tour, she asked the guide, how many souls have been saved here this year? My dear lady, said the embarrassed guide, this is a cathedral, not a church. When I read this story, I remembered when I was yet still single, unmarried, and I went to visit a friend in Dusseldorf, Germany. And uh, it was a doctor and his wife, and they said, we want to take you to the largest cathedral in Germany, in Dusseldorf. I went to the cathedral. You know, it was the coldest day I've seen in my life. It was so cold, 
And you know, I heard my, I was wearing shoes, and every step I had, it, you heard the echo of your steps in it. There was only tourists looking at the cathedral, the beautiful windows, the beautiful statues, and the high ceilings, and the paintings all around it. Not one person was praying there. It became a museum. My old lady, this is a cathedral, not a church. May God forbid that one day we become a dead church. We want to be a living church, preaching salvation in every meeting, at every stop in our lives. Did they have a building to meet in? We forgot about that, huh? In Antioch. These, do, they, do they say where they met? No. You know why? It wasn't important. It wasn't important where you meet. Did they say uh, uh, which location, uh, which address? No. That wasn't important. The address went, was where they met. At Sister so-and-so's place. Brother so-and-so's home. Uh, is it a pricey property in your church, you know? Yeah? What's, what's the value, people ask? Is the, is the design like a design of a church? No. Do you have soft lights? Do you have lush carpeting in your church? This tells us something. Do you have cushioned pews? Yes, we do. Did they have that? I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know what? They turned to the Lord. They were not lured by the church building. Nor by the pews. Nor by the soft lights. Nor by the great system that we have. Nor by anything else. They were lured by the Lord Jesus Christ. If we live Christ, we will lure people and we'll get people saved to know Him. Three things helped the church to succeed and they were in the church of Antioch. One, the church is measured, church success is measured and please put that down if you want. By its walk with God. Not its walk with the world. By its walk with God. The church is said to be against the world system. Not to go along with the world system. The church is called out believers, Christians who've given their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ to stand firm on their beliefs and preach the word of God without any compromise. We must walk with God. New converts, new believers, I ask you, walk with God. There was one man in the Old Testament who walked with God. And you know, he daily walked with God. Who knows his name? Enoch. Enoch. And how many days he walked with God? 365 years. Thousands of days. He walked every day with God. I wonder what he talked with God on a daily basis. 
He met with him. He talked to God and walked with God. And you know what happened? God enjoyed them very much. They got acquainted after 365 years. And they got used to each other. And one day God told him, hey, I know you don't, 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 you're not going back today. He says, where are we going? He says, we're, we're going to my place. And the Bible says, and Enoch was not found. And God took him. He enjoyed him so much. Let's walk with God. So we can be ready when in that trumpet sounds, we will all go to be with him. Second, the success of a church is measured by its separation from evil. We need to separate ourselves from evil. We cannot live on the top of the mountains. We're not going to be all monks. And we're not planning on that. And there's nothing in the Bible that says we become monks. No. The word of God says we live in the world. You are in the world, but not from the world. We need to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We have to live to separate ourselves from evil. If there is anything that you have any question mark in your life about, just leave it there. When in doubt, what does it say? Don't. Do I have to do this, Adol? Hey, if your heart is not at ease with it, drop it. Whatever it is. It might be a commission of $500. Drop it. The Lord will compensate some something else. But don't make it illegally. Don't touch anything that will sad the heart of God. And separate yourself from evil. Thirdly, we measure the success of a church by the faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No one else. The Lord of the church is Jesus Christ. And we believe in Him. And no one else. We don't need any intermediary. We don't need any saint to, be betwe- to come between us and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, says, I just want to know one thing amongst you. Is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is what I long to see all the time, you Corinthians. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And may God, God will bless a church like this. All right. The Corinthians church, the Antioch church. Do you think we can be like this church? Do you want to be? Do you want to be like these Christians? They didn't care for anything. What happened? When you are a church like this or a converse like this, what happened? The news about this new and great work reached the church in Jerusalem. Well, how did it reach it? By television? Did they have radios? Did they have phones? Did they have anything? The fastest thing that could do it was a horse on land or a ship by sea. And those ships, they were not, you know, they don't have turbine engines at all. What happened? Slowly, slowly, the work of God that started in Antioch was known. And they heard about it in Jerusalem. And what happened in Jerusalem? So, ho, ho, their church is growing better than ours. Did they say that? Or, oh, this church is, is really, there's something in there. Uh, we need to do something about, about our place here. We don't have the same revival, revival that they have there. No. 
You know what they did? They gathered together and they prayed. And they said, what? We need to go and check this work and see if we can help and encourage them. When we, heard about, when we hear about a work somewhere, what did the, we should do what the Bible said. Let us go and encourage them. And they met. They called the board of directors. They said, who do we send there? We send, I'll tell you one thing. We send someone who is experienced. We send someone who has uh, the knowledge of church planting. Did they say that? They prayed. And you know who they send there to the church? That's for Christians here in the church. They sent an encourager. They looked at one who can encourage people. His name is? He was, well, no, you know, the meaning of his name is encourager. The son for encouragement. That's the meaning of his name. And that reminds me of his story. As it happened with me. They did not send the best teacher. They did not send a church planter. They did not send the best financial whiz to see what this church, how we are going to see what to do with this church. We need to establish them. They did not send those people at all. They sent someone who can encourage the word of God. You know, we have many Barneys here. Let me call you Barneys, okay? <laughs> and we thank God for the encouragement. When someone comes through the door, he's immediately encouraged. Because we have the burden on our hearts of saving souls. And this guy was an encourager. They sent him. He wasn't probably the best preacher. No. He was an encourager. And they sent him there. And you know, before I got saved, our house was filled with Christians. Men, my, my father was an elder in the church. And elders used to come and go. One of the elders, when, not elders, a Christian who loves my, our family. You know what his name was? What his name was, thank God. Can you believe that? His name was, thank God. I'm interpreting that. He used to come and everybody says, Adol, we're praying for your salvation. I used to, no, I didn't like this. At all. At all. I disrespected them. Adol, you need, is, is, uh, uh, they ask my mom, Mary, is Adol saved? She says, no, we're praying. Oh, that used to kill me. I'm telling you the secret. Then this guy used to come and says, you know, Adol, I know one day you're going to get saved. You see the difference? He encouraged me. You know, I said, yeah, brother, uh, thank God. I think I will. And I left it. And I used to see him two days later. I know you are going to get saved. God has a plan for your life. I said, oh, wow, okay, great. But don't tell me anymore. Every time he tells me the future. What's the future is going to be? And I'm praying for you because you're a good man. Guess what? One day I got saved. And I love this man. Sylvia knows him. And when we started serving in the church, he came and used to come and encourage our church by attending our services. May, may God raise many Barneys here. And let's take that to encourage people. On the other hand, when we started the work here and we were so happy and proud with our church. Let me tell you, we're proud. We have cushioned seats. We have nice ceilings. We have everything. Forgive me, Antioch Church. We're not like you yet. <laughs> we were, 
but the thing of it is, a, a man came and visited here. And, you know, he stood there and we expected him to encourage us. He criticized us. He's no more uh, here. He's with the Lord. May God bless him. And he, uh, he saw us eating donuts and enjoying ourselves. And we're, we're very happy. We have this place. We can move. We have some elbow room and so on. And he, he said, well, instead of you eating donuts, you should be praying at this hour. Let me tell you one thing. Uh, we are praying and we pray. But I love the donuts and the fellowship hours. And this is a gift of God. Enjoy it all the time. And we've added, uh, we've added uh, Noah's, Noah's bagels now. Are they Noah's bagels? Okay, we've added bagels. And now we have quiche. Who says men don't eat quiche? We eat quiche too. <laughs> but Bill corrected him and said, Dear brother, we have a prayer meeting on Monday night. And more, all, mostly all the men come in. And pray in this room here. Oh, he said, I didn't. Well, okay. Encourage each other. Let's encourage. They sent an encourager. And when the encourager came to the church, what did he? One more thing. What did he say? What did he say? You know when he went there? That's, that's an outside look from an outsider. The insider, they turned to God. The outside, you know what he said? He saw the grace of God in them. How do you see the grace of God? If I give you, if I give you homework, it says, how do you see the grace of God in a man or a woman? You know what? Salvation is the result of the grace of God. He saw salvation. By grace, what? You are saved. And that's not of you. It's the gift of God. He saw the grace of God. He says, what do I have to see more? I don't need to do anything. I don't need to show them how to maintain books. Oh, yeah, we have to create some committees. A committee for, uh, for the enlargement. A committee for uh, financial uh, thing. A committee for this. A committee for that. And the church is lost in committees. Thank God we don't have a single committee. And as long as I live, we'll try not to have committees. We create a committee when we have a disaster. And then we disband the committee when the disaster is taken care of. This is what we did during the flood. Right? So we don't need them. We don't need a board of directors. If we have a great CEO like Jesus Christ, who needs anything else? We don't have a CFO. We have the Lord. And Barnabas came and saw the grace of God. He saw, it, he saw it in the reality of their faith. He saw men and women embracing this new way and living it. He saw fruits. And you know what he told them? I say, I see a life. He said he encouraged them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. Do you have anything else, Barnaba? No, nothing else. But I, you need to do this to move it a little bit. He never said one word. These are new converts. Continue growing. He says, continue growing. Remain true to the Lord. And that's my word to each and every one of you today. I thank God you turn to the Lord. And I would ask you to remain true to Him until He comes. And what happens? There is a long story. I'm not going to do a car knot on you today. 
Now, he is called not, and you can stay, but with me, I know you'll start leaving immediately. I want to end here. Uh, let, let, me say, let me say this. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. What is the meaning of a Christian? Do you know, I looked and looked and looked. Then I found one word that I liked. <clears throat> a Christian is a Christ man or a Christ woman. Go out and be a Christ woman. Go out and be a Christ man. No matter what happens. And they were called Christians in San Ramon. May God bless you all. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity of sharing the word together and enjoying it. And we pray that each and every person who is here with us today will leave this place saying, I'm a Christian. I'm Christ's man. I'm Christ's woman. Bless each and every one and dismiss us with your blessing. In his name we ask and pray. Amen.